Welcome to another episode of the Tears Beneath podcast. We cover football in Scotland, anything outside the SPFL, but inside the pyramid. So on this episode, we have Ryan, we have Craig, and we have Nicky. How's it going, guys? Doing good, mate. Yourself? Good, All right, guys. So we'll start where we always start, and that was games we were at over the weekend and through the week. So I was at two, so I'll kick us off. The first one, Lunkerty 3, Kirkcaldy and Dyser 0 in the qualifying cup. That was billed as a tight game. I agreed, to be honest, but that was not what I seen on the pitch. Lunkerty dominated and battered Kirkcaldy for all of the game, bar maybe 20 minutes of the second half. The guy, Reese Davies, I don't know how much you know about him. They call him, or they do on social media, they call him the Lunkerty Haaland. One goal and two assists. The guy was unplayable. And it's a really good setup. Has anyone been? Nope. No, no, I've not been. Never to been, no. The pies are outstanding, but we'll come to that soon. So Lunkerty made really easy work at Kirkcaldy, to be honest. It's the first time I think I've seen either of them play. I might be wrong, but I expected that to be a wee bit closer than it actually was. The second game, and that was probably the game that everybody had at least one eye on this weekend, Newborough against Albion Rovers. A lot closer than we thought. Finished 4-0 to Albion Rovers, but Newborough were in the game. Two of Rovers' goals, a wee bit controversial. The keeper was injured for the first one, and the ref could have stopped the game, in my opinion, but didn't. And Albion Rovers took the lead. They also scored a goal that I'm 99% certain was offside. They were the better team. They deserved to win. We expected that. But Newborough were a lot better. And it was a lot closer than, than we imagined. Newborough maybe didn't have too many efforts on goal. Certainly in the second half, it wasn't too much to shout about for them. But they made a good account of themselves on the pitch and off the pitch as well. So, Ryan, we'll go to you next. You were at Arniston and Lockhart through the week. I was indeed, DJ, So I went along to New Byers Park. Uh, just five minutes up the road. It was a uh, league game, uh, first division. It was actually 0-0, but for a 0-0, it was actually quite entertaining, to be honest. There was plenty of action. Arniston were missing Aaron Laidlaw. Uh, I think he was away on holiday. Uh, so he's he's obviously the, the main man for goals. So with finishing 0-0, they've, they failed to score there. Um, they actually did have the ball in the net. Controversially, it was disallowed, though. At the time, watching it, I didn't think it was a foul. It was... Ball put into the box, goalkeepers come out 50-50 between the keeper and defender and keepers went down. Strikers put the ball in the net and referees disallowed it for a foul on the keeper. Didn't think it was a foul at the time. I've watched the highlights back and watching them back, I certainly don't think it's a foul, so they were a bit unlucky there. I was really impressed with the Walker keeper. He made some really good saves, kept his team in the game. He was really good. That's the first time I've seen Walker and seen that goalkeeper, but I've since heard that he's... He's one of the better keepers in the league, so he done really well. Um, there was a couple of red cards in the game, so the first red card was on the roughly about the hour mark. Lockhart were reduced to ten men, and in the ninetieth minute, Arniston were reduced to to ten men as well. Arniston's goalkeeper Jimmy McQueen was sent off. Lockhart looked to to break away up the park and and potentially get a a very late winner. A draw was probably a fair result, so it might have been a bit harsh. On Aniston, had they, they lost that game, but uh, the goalkeeper came out and, and basically wiped the, the striker out. He was through on goal otherwise for a for a certain tap and so he was sent off for that. So a few minutes added on, and at the end, one of the defenders from Aniston ended up going in goals. I always tend to find, I don't know about you guys, but usually if a goalkeeper gets sent off and an outfield player has to go in goals, there's a, there's a bit of, there's always a bit of like comedy factor about that, and you're 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 interested to see how they get on, but it always seems to happen. Like 
in the, the dying stages of the game never happens early in the game where the, the defender or the outfield player has to go in goals for ages and, and, and get really tested but yeah, so he, he just went and goes for the last couple of minutes added on time, but wasn't really tested, to be honest. No, no, that ended entertaining game, all the same. Bit of controversy in there with a disallowed goal, a couple of red cards. Ian Galloway of Arniston, young midfielder, mentioned them on the podcast before. They signed them from the under-20s. He got man of the match. He was excellent. So he's definitely one to watch. But as I said, no, no, but an entertaining game. Craig, you are at Resyth against St Andrews on Saturday in the Cup. Yeah, so I popped up to my local at the Fleet Grounds, um, Recife at home to St Andrews United, 4-0 to St Andrews United, so a bit of a sore one. Um, wasn't as uh, wide a margin as the score suggests. Um, it was 0-0 at half-time, pretty even. Uh, not a lot between the, t- the two sides. Second half, you know, Recife were pushing forward, trying to get a goal, and they got caught a few times, and you know, it was actually frightening how good uh, St Andrews United are on the break. They just get a little bit of space, a lot, half a chance, and they punish you for it. So they they just offloaded on uh, Recife in the second half. Um, so they, they, they scored three consecutive goals. Then they were awarded a penalty, which resulted in a red card for Recife. And they slotted that home as well. So... Ended up quite a comfortable win for St Andrews, but a bit of a harsh one on Recife. I thought, you know, Recife played pretty well. Um, really windy conditions, like it was pretty hard to control the ball uh, if it was going over the top, but most of the, the through balls and stuff were going straight into the into the crowd day. So it wasn't a, a great game because of the weather. Very impressed with seeing St Andrews United and they lived up to... I guess the expectations set by Graham when he said that they they attack. Um, I think if maybe the weather had been better, that we might have seen more attacking football. Um, but in terms of uh, you know counter attack, it was as I said, it was frightening how good St Andrews were on the break. We'll go on to the roundup now. We're going to do things a wee bit differently this week. We normally do it by association, but we're going to do it by tier this time. So we normally start in Tier 5, that's not going to change. We'll start with the Highland League. And Nicky, it was a weekend of the big boys dropping points. Yeah, um, after last week and being quite bullish on Bucky's um, prospects at the, the top already, they obviously then go and drop drop points in their way game to for Martin. Big result for them really, even even grabbing the grabbing the point. They're one down and... Their keeper managed to get sent off, I think, for trying to punch the ball outside of the the penalty box. So down to ten men, and um, for Martin is a difficult place to go. Scott Adams, the substitute, managed to get a, a last minute goal to to gain a point. I think Bucky will be happy with keeps them keeps them top of the league. But um, I think the the teams below them, like Brecon and, and Banks, are got a game in hand. So it'll be um, definitely giving them a a window to to reel them back in so early on in the season. Um, but it does sound from all accounts like it was a, a good game. So Banks um, and Edie some other challenge. I think so. They came up and they did did well. They can't remember exactly where they finished, but it was a bit of a mistaken position because they did get quite a large amount um taken off them with having a couple of players not registered when they when they played. So Beat a lot of teams a few seasons ago when they were still in the juniors. Beat a lot of Highland League sides and 
ha- have looked looked very good so far. They've got um, I think Forest Mechanics who have done okay so far, so they've got them next next week. But yeah, I think I think maybe Banks can can challenge. It'll just be if they can keep it going over a over a long season. Once you start getting the injuries and the suspensions start piling up, I wonder if they have quite the the depth of Bucky or Beacon. I think they've they've got a bit more in in depth, but. Um, you can always get lucky with with injuries and and suspensions and and such like. Some other big games. Um, Lossy Mouth, uh, who hadn't hadn't won a game, hadn't got a point, um, managing to get a point against um, Broda. Another red card from from Broda in that in that game, but um, Lossy managed to hang on and gain a point. Which, um, as I said in last week's pod, Broda aren't quite the outfit that they were previously but um lossy don't look as strong as last season so far so they'll be delighted with escaping with a point out of that that game to keep on the, the theme maybe of the podcast so far is red cards there's a game between tariff and clack the the game itself uh, i think from from reading some fans account wasn't a particularly a particularly violent game and tariff ran out four one winners but um ended up with three red cards in the in the game too for Tariff players and one for a Clack player through the game. So quite impressive to manage to get three red cards if you're not not actually having a a violent game. Maybe you wouldn't want to see a violent game between the between the two of them. There's one more game in the Highland League and it's Huntley winning away from home again against Inverurie this time. Now Huntley are currently keeping pace with the big boys. Huntley are normally a team that they're they're way too good to be down the bottom, but they're not going to challenge at the top either. But they're currently up there. There's there's three behind with a game in hand, the same as Breakin, the same as Banks of D. How long do you think Huntley can maintain that challenge and can they maintain that challenge? I know it's early days, but just to have their teams up there, they deserve the credit and we deserve they deserve to be in the conversation. Yeah, de- definitely deserve to be in the conversation and other team that in the past I think have spent spent some money and there's a there's a small amount of money around around the club and have got some some decent I think Aberdeen youth players. Also, I was reading that um, that's the first time they've won at Harlow Park against Inverurie since 2009. So wow, definitely deserve a deserve a mention for for managing to beat a bit of a hoodoo. Um, Inverurie haven't haven't got any or one of the three teams I think that haven't got any points so far. It would really surprise me if they kept up with the the top tier of teams like Bucky and Breakin, but they've definitely been improving over the last two years and I wouldn't be surprised to see them in that kind of almost second tier of um your Broras and your Fraser Bros, that sort of sort of tier which um Huntley would be would I think be quite happy with and would be quite an improvement over the last few years where they have been have been pretty poor. We'll go to the Lowland League and it was a depleted card this week as a lot of the teams were in cup action. But Craig, what were your thoughts? Yeah, so as you said, a depleted card, there was only four games, but no 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 draws. <laughs> no draws in fact. Yeah, it was four games. So the first one we got Gretna two thousand and eight. They got beat four one uh, against East Stirlingshire. Again, you know, Gretna just—they're—they're they're trying to get out of their situation, but they just seem to be kind of stuck in a rut at the moment. And um, the game was level at half time at one 0 but Gretna suffered a second half collapse. That's um, an important win for East Stirlingshire. That's their first win of the season, which is a bit surprising, really, considering you know we did build them up and 
they do look pretty strong, but that's them off the mark now uh, with their first win. Um, for Gretna, that's their sixth defeat, so tough one for them. And again, they're going to have to pick themselves up pretty quickly. Uh, a stat for East Stirlingshire, that was their 100th victory in 202 games in the Lowland League. So Brilliant. quite an incredible stat, really. And clearly, you know, a club with that kind of history, I don't think anyone expected them to be in the Lowland League as long as they have. But, you know, they, as I say, it's a good record for them. Elsewhere and onto the B teams, uh, Berwick Rangers were at home to Celtic B and Berwick Rangers won 2-1. You know, Celtic beer, as I said before, you know, have probably been, you know, banging the drum, the same drum for a while, but um, they've been kind of struggling uh, so far this season. Uh, they did take an early lead through Rock, uh, Rocco Vata, who I, I've called out before, he's probably their best player, um, but it didn't last long. It lasted about three minutes, and then Berwick Rangers equalised through Buchanan. On um, the 92nd minute, Berwick Rangers scored uh, a winner through. Uh, Jamie McCormack, it was his debut for the club. Uh, what a way for you know to start uh, an, another club there. That's unreal. So he's picked up all three points there for Berwick Rangers, and they've denied Celtic a draw. Celtic be finding it tough, but you know uh, Berwick Rangers are are a, a, a decent side, certainly at home. Um, so yeah, three points to the home side. Just one call out is not really in relation to that game. Um, but Kane O'Connor, who plays for Berwick Rangers ex Trinent, um, during the, the pre-season he ruptured his ACL and he's required surgery. And due to obviously the severity of the injury, um, it is preventing him from working outside the football. Um, they have set up a GoFundMe page, and um, the links on Berwick Rangers Twitter. Um, if you want to donate, you can. Um, you know, it's a, he's a good young player and. As I say, it's, it's never, you know, it's always sad to see a good young player pick up such a serious injury. But if you want to donate, you can do so there. Elsewhere, uh, on to Fife, uh, Cowden Beef versus Edinburgh Uni. Cowden Beef uh, have been on, you know, really good form in, in the league. And certainly they, they were good in the League Cup as well. They won 7-1 against Edinburgh Uni. So Cowden Beef are, are on fire at the moment. So they're continuing their unbeaten run in the league uh, you know for Edinburgh Uni it's another it's another tough one for them they're still on zero points the same as Gretna so it looks like the pair of them are going to be uh, they're going to have to find a way to pick up points um, but Cowden Beef uh, Josh Jack uh, scored a hat-trick and Lucas Berry picked up a brace as well so um, another impressive uh, showing from them under Callum Elliott the last game we had, Cumbernauld Colts versus Hearts B. Hearts B won 2-1. Hearts B, who've actually been you know better this season than they were last season so far, uh, had a two-goal lead, um, but they, were, they had a late scare from the Colts, uh, but they managed to hold on for the win. Hearts B have got Trinent next, so that's a, from one tough game to another. So, as I say, uh, only four games, but um, definitely some interesting results. No real surprises to be honest as I say it's, it's it's only the four games but it was interesting anyway we'll move on to the South Challenge Cup before we go into tier six now the South Challenge Cup if anyone doesn't know is open to Lowland League teams east of Scotland west of Scotland and south of Scotland it's probably the closest we've got to a non-league national competition you might think the Junior Cup is that but 
there's only some of the west, very, very few in the east now. And of course, you've got the north that are, that are big on that. But Ryan, we'll start with you. What stood out to you? Yes, the one that I talked up on the last pod was Tiny Tynecastle against Galafaridine Rovers. I had mentioned on the last pod that that was obviously a bit of Friday night football. Um, and I recommended going down to, to Megatland to watch that. Potentially, we might have seen a bit of a shock there. And it transpired that that was the case. It was a game that I was quite keen to go to, but I was uh, I was at another match. But it certainly seemed like a really good game. It went all the way to extra time. Tynecastle actually went 2-0 up. Russell Cairns uh, putting them 1-0 up just before, in the first half. <coughs> um, and then Mackenzie Scott again getting another goal just right after half time. So the pair of them banging the goals in at the moment for, for Tynecastle doing really well. Gala got one back. I think it was about the hour mark. And they actually equalised in the 92nd minute through Nicky Reid. He's a really good signing for, for Gala Faraday Nicky Reid. He was obviously at Pennycook and Trenent previously uh, with a loan spell at Edinburgh City in the, the middle of them. But he's he's a natural goal scorer, so he's a really good signing for them. So I'm not surprised to see him on the, the score sheet. Gala were reduced to 10 men in, in extra time. It was actually a, a penalty from the Tynecastle captain, Ryan Cameron, that, that won the game in the end. So they won 3-2 to book their place in the next round. So really good win there for Tynecastle, maintaining their, their sort of league form uh, in the Cups as well. So they're doing really well at the moment, Tynecastle. And I've watched the highlights of this one just before we started recording there. Uh, and it was Arniston 4, Pumphurst and 3. So I said there was an entertaining game that I went to midweek at Arniston. But this one, I think, blew it out of the water a wee bit with the, the entertainment factor. Um, obviously, I went and it was 0-0. The weekend that I don't get to go and see them seven goals naturally. Uh, it was quite uh, watching the highlights. It was really good highlights as well from from Aniston extended highlights. Uh, they actually went one 0 down quite earlier on through a, a header from a corner. And that, I think that must have kind of woken them up a bit because they then went and battered Pumphurston in the the remainder of the first half. To be fair, uh, Tom Davis, who's had a really good start to the season for them, he went and got. Two goals back, two really good goals as well. Showed really, really good feet. Uh, nice composed finish. Uh, he he then turned provider, one possession in the middle of the park and slipped in Aaron Laidlaw, who was back in the starting lineup. And it was a lovely wee finish for him, dinking it over the goalkeeper, doing what he does best. He'll, he'll score a, a barrel load for, for them. And I wouldn't be surprised if there was teams up the, the pyramids looking at Laidlaw. Davies completed the sat trick in the first half. It was a brilliant cross swung in the back post and and he, he managed to volley it into the net to, to get a first half hat trick. And it was 4 1 to, to Arniston at, at the break and it seemingly looking like tie over, but it was the old uh, the old cliche, but it looked like a, a game of two halves. Uh, it looked like Pumphurston absolutely battered them in the, the second half, to be fair. But again, there was a wee bit of controversy. Uh, prior to any controversy, actually, there was a really, really good finish. From Pumphurston's number seven, I forget his name, apologies, rifled a, a shot in the top corner to make it 4 2. Um, and then the controversy came, there was a, a penalty awarded to Pumphurston and a red card for the Arniston captain. Looking at the highlights, it was <clears throat> it looks extremely soft. It just looked like a, a, a standard shoulder, shoulder to shoulder. Uh, the boy goes down and rather easily, um, and the referee points to the spot and sends uh, the Arnie player off. Penalty is converted, 4-3, game on. Arniston had a, a shout for a penalty up the other end themselves, which looked more of a penalty than the, the Pumphurst, didn't want to be honest. It wasn't a given. They managed to see the game out. 
win four being the progress to the next round. So what looked like an entertaining game there as well. I'll take one uh, of the games and it's yep. Glasgow Perthshire losing three one at home to BSC Glasgow. Now there are two divisions between them. Perthshire have been up and down, obviously we've seen that they lost ten nil the other week, but apart from that, apart from that blip, they've actually done okay. They're holding their own. BSC Glasgow, a decent side in Division Four, but you would ex- you would have expected Perthshire to take care of them. For a one 0 up, BSC came back. It was one 0 at half time. BSC came back and won the game three one. And Perthshire's Twitter after the game says Shire won BSC three full time scoreline says it all, and that was it. That's a really disappointing result for Persia, but again, on the other hand, what a big win it is for BSC Glasgow. They wouldn't have expected to get anything else. The other big game, including a West team, was Craig Mark Bontonians beating Dalbeaty Stars 6-2. We've said a million times that it's so hard to judge the level between the South and the East and the West. Probably, if you played that game on another day, 6-2 probably wouldn't have happened, so Craig Mark, again, deserve a lot of credit. Dalbeaty are the title favourites down in the South, I would say. That's that's a big result for them. So again, just looking at some of the results in the Challenge Cup on on Saturday, there we spoke about this game on the last pod, and it was Haddington against uh, Civil Service Strollers. Haddington obviously beat them a couple of weeks ago um, in another cup competition, and they've done the double over them. Where another win on Saturday at Millfield, Strollers took the lead through Harry Girdwood in that one, but Haddington managed to come back and uh, with goals from Corey Robertson and Dylan Tate, uh, as I said, to make it two. 2-2 against the, the Lone League side in, in the space of two weeks, so uh, Strollers will obviously be disappointed to to lose that one, but fair play to Addington doing, doing the double on them. Looks like Soccer are back to their best. They, they put five past Crossgates, winning 5-1, Ross Kavanagh getting back amongst the goals, scoring a brace, so after a wee sort of slow start from Soccer, it looks like they've kind of turned it around and, and they've won their last two now and Kavanagh's getting back on the, the score sheet, as I said, his goals will be key. West Calder, Beating Tweedmouth, so although there's a, a difference in divisions there, West Calder a division below. They're currently top of the, the third, Tweedmouth bottom of the second, so probably not much of a shock there. Um, but West Calder just carrying on their terrific form as well. Heart Hill Royal beating Blackburn United, probably a standout as well. Heart Hill in the uh, third division, they've knocked out Blackburn United who are in the first division. Another case, a team from a lower division winning there against a, a team in a higher division, but Given, I think, Hart Hill have had a couple of scalps already this season, so maybe not too much of a shock. Um, they seem to be a team for the big occasion, so um, good on them. Uh, Trinan obviously went away to Ormiston in the, the local derby. Um, first time in a good number of years that they've they've met each other. Uh, I think, judging by the, the Twitter, Ormiston seemed to give them a really good game. I think it was 0-0 at half-time. Looked like they could have caused a wee bit of a scare, but obviously I think Trenen's quality shone through in the end. Uh, Brock Watson putting a penalty away and Dean Brett scoring the second to, to put Trenen through, but certainly by all accounts Ormiston gave them a really good account of themselves, so potentially a wee bit unlucky to, to lose that one. Majority of these games, looking at the results there, there was not a single nil-nil and there was plenty of goals, as I said, Arniston 4-3, uh, Linton Hotspur 3, Livingston United 5, Socky winning 5-1, Stonyburn 4, Edinburgh United 5, and that West Calder beating Tweedmouth 3-2. So plenty of goals. Um, so I'm sure everybody that went along to, to a game there was royally entertained um, at a very affordable price as well, I'd imagine. 
Well, let's <clears> stick with the theme of plenty of goals. And before we go into the leagues, we should touch on the East of Scotland Qualifying Cup because there were probably just as many goals in that as there were in <laughs> yep. the South Challenge Cup. So what stood out to you in the Qualifying Cup? <laughs> as you said, the number of goals there, just looking <laughs> down the results. Um, again, not a single nil nil. You've got a three one, five nil, six nil, seven nil, two one, four one, six four, four one, six three. Most of the games were kind of as you would expect. Uh, Musselburgh beating Edinburgh Community five nil. Uh, Bonesh United beating Hoyt seven nil. Dunbar beating Oakley four one. Although I think Dunbar might have got a wee bit of an early scare there. Oakley went a goal up. Uh, so obviously Dunbar started the season really strongly and then. Got a wee bit of scare going one 0 down, but they came back obviously and got the job done, winning quite comfortable in the end. Um, entertaining game between Whitburn and Inverkeven, six four as I said. Broxburn winning quite comfortably four one. It looks like Leaf Athletic actually gave Linlithgow a decent game, six three to Linlithgow there. Um, Leaf Athletic looked like they gave them a decent game though. Sonny Swanson getting a, a goal and a assist. Young Cammy Stewart for Leaf. Craig, I think you've seen him as well. Um, I think he's a really good player. He got man of the match. Certainly, Leafs seemed unlucky there, losing 6 3. I think, again, it was just a case of Lithgow's quality coming through in the end there. I seen they played a, like their full strength team as well. So, Armadale beating Hilla Beef was a standout there. And I've actually just noticed before we started recording that Hilla Beef's management team have uh, departed this evening. So, whether that's on the back of that result, I don't know, or if it's accumulation of um, other things. And then, the final one, Falthouse, uh beating Dalkeith Thistle 6-0. Yeah, that's a bit of a shock. Um, Falthouse, obviously, in the third division, sitting third at the moment. Dalkeith in the second division, they're sitting fourth. So, again, there's a division between them, but it's not even as though Falthouse are high up in the third and Dalkeith are low down in the second. They're both doing really well in their respective leagues. So, that's a that's a massive win for, for Falthouse, winning 6-0 there. So, as you said, plenty of goals. I want to touch on Leaf Athletic because I did see one of their tweets. A few weeks ago, we spoke about Downfield's £35 hospitality offer and how Glad unbelievable you it was for, <laughs> was you for money. Well, eh? but, <laughs> aye, sorry, have I taken it off you? But Leaf, <laughs> no, Leaf Athletic's match day hospitality package, £15 a person, but you turn up at <laughs> half past 12, I believe it'll be a two o'clock kickoff, so you're in there an hour and a half early. Four drinks plus snacks, entry to the game, post-match hospitality including Buffy that for 15 quid is unbelievable when the game itself is about £8 crazy the value for money there I, I saw that earlier and I sent on to, to Craig definitely right to call that out it's some deal £15 I mean like if you go up the up the tiers into like for example if you go into like League 2 or League 1 in Scotland you're paying 15 quid just to get into the game to pay 15 quid to get that hospitality plus your, your entry to the game I'm sure uh, a lot of people will be snapping up that deal it's worth yeah. it if, if you pay the eight quid to get in, then buy four drinks. That's your 15 quid and the exactly. rest already. So it's well exactly. worth doing. I was just going to say, Leaf Athletic actually sponsored a game last season at Meadowbank. Now, you can't buy alcohol in Meadowbank at all. So that deal for £15 is unreal <laughs> because, I mean, while they do have a bar um, in Meadowbank, <clears throat> it's only used by Edinburgh City. Uh, on their hospitality so and, and certainly the the game that I sponsored against Dunny Pace last season uh, Leaf Athletic the hospitality was phenomenal so I would highly recommend uh, people take them up on that we will move on to the 
tier six and we'll start in the north because normally we start in the south somewhere. So we'll go to Nicky in the North Caledonian League. There were 26 goals in four games just to keep in with the running of the podcast. What stood out to you, Nicky? Probably the standout game was um, Inverness Athletic versus um, Bonner Bridge. Um, 5-2 win for the away side. Although it sounds fairly routine victory, that's Bonnerbridge actually um, equaled their number of points from last last season. Um, I don't totally know all the leagues and how they're going, but I would be impressed if um, after two games, any other teams in any other division had equaled the amount of points that they'd got. And um, actually last season, Bonnerbridge were whipping boys because they ended up with a goal difference of minus 123, which... Um, is is fairly fairly impressive. Very good win for them that they were delighted to um, get that. And um, talked about it in the last pod, but um, Fort William versus Orkney, um, a game it actually like what happens at that division quite often. The game got moved in the the day before it was due. Um, so if anyone's coming up to watch anything in that division, I'd, I'd keep an eye on stuff. But got moved down for Gordon anyway, and ended up a seven one for. Uh, victory for Fort William. Um, Fort William looked to have strengthened quite well with the signings that they've that they've made and um, top of the league at the moment. And um, yeah, all all looking good. All looking good for for them. They're gonna they're gonna do well at that division. Um, Loch Ness managed to come back from their disappointing result in the Scottish Cup, and uh, they. Had a five 0 victory over Clackney Reserves, who good for the young lads to get get run out against these um, against these big teams. But yeah, I think Burner Bridge was probably the the standout result at that that level. Nicky, do you think Fort William can challenge for the league this season? Obviously, relegated for the Highland League, they found things a bit more successful in the North Cali, but they were still kind of lower down in the table last season. Is this the season they can upset Loch Ness and the? Inverness season, the Thursdays, the Hallcurts, can they get something? I think so. I still would say you haven't really seen Loch Ness in the league really this season because the reserve teams are, are a bit different. But I would say they're still the the team to team to beat at that that level. But um, and Invergordon are, are always going to be good. But I just have a sneaky suspicion they might they might challenge the top of the table if they can keep these players around that they've they've got and keep the management structure around as a team that seems to be forever in flux. But I just think that with the players they've bought this season, I think they they look good and they've definitely definitely started started well. Um they are a team that uh, always happened in the Highland Leagues that their games kind of pile up because the over the winter period they do find it difficult to keep games on at Clagan Park. It's normally normally pretty waterlogged um facility but if they can keep people fit and keep keep um, from too many backlogs, then I, I think they will challenge, which would be good to see uh, if they manage to win it, because that would pretty much um, a few teams in the Midlands and them and Goldsby that would result in a, a playoff. So it's, I think it's good to see teams going up and down in the, the tiers, and that's work. So that would be good to see them coming back into the Highland League. So the South of Scotland League, I am determined to spend a bit more time talking about the South of Scotland League, but this week it was a depleted card three games three big wins and three wins for the teams that you would expect to win so I can't really go into too much detail based on that there wasn't anything that happened that we didn't actually expect 
Abbeyvale did manage to bounce back from their Scottish Cup defeat last week. They beat Stranraer 6 0 away after their defeat to Cooper Hearts. But the big winners were Craytown and Newton Stewart. Craytown beat Upper Annandale 7 0, Newton Stewart beat Mid Annandale 5 0, and they are the only two teams in the league with a 100% record. They both took advantage of Dalbeatty Star being on cup duty, and they've opened up a six point gap, albeit with Dalbeatty with a game in hand. Quite an exciting division. It looks like there's going to be three teams in there with Nithsdale kind of sniffing about as well after Dalbeatty and the two that are already at the top. We'll move on to the East of Scotland Premier League. Now, Craig, you've got your work cut out because there were only two games, but would it be safe to say it wasn't a good day for the Perthshire clubs? Certainly, yeah. Certainly not a good day for the Perth clubs. Starting with uh, Canoe versus Hutchison Vale. Uh, Canoe were on the receiving end of a 6-0 defeat, um, and that piles a lot of pressure on Canoe, who are yet to register a point so far this season. Um, so... Tough one for them. Um, Hutchie Vale, we've we've talked about them before. You know, very dangerous side. They've they've got the ability to beat teams and beat them well. Um, and you know, pull off those kind of big margin victories. So six 0 to, to Hutchie Vale, uh, they'll they'll be happy with that. But Canoe, it's a bit of a sore one. Um, elsewhere, and I guess this was you know a big game, which I'm, I'm sure we're all keeping our eye on. Uh, Lankerty were playing Pennycook Athletic and Pennycook Athletic won 3-2 what a, what a turnaround you know from uh, being on the receiving end a 9-0 defeat to Tynecastle um, Pennycook Athletic bounced back um, with a great victory there and they actually had a 3-0 lead at half time as well Ben Wardlaw uh, had a brace and uh, Leo Buckle scored one as well uh, so 3-0 up at half-time. Uh, a spirited comeback from Lunkerty, um, you know, to, to pull it back to 3-2. You know, the Cookie uh, were able to hold on to the victory there. Um, there was a good quote on the the Penny Cook Athletic Twitter from uh, Lewis Colt, uh, who said that they, they took responsibility for it. Today they've earned it right back and took responsibility for the three points. When teams... Um, like any team is, is it gets beaten nine 0 it's really hard to you know for the players to pick themselves up again. But you know as you you saw last time uh, with the the captain stepping forward to do the post match interview and saying that the players took responsibility, they certainly took responsibility on Saturday. So that's a fantastic win for them, and uh, yeah, hopefully that will spur them on now. Cool. I'll stay in tier six with the with the West of Scotland Premier League. Now, Reese normally does this. I'll take over for him today and I'll try and do it some justice. So, the first game I want to touch on is Clyde Bank winning 1-0 away to Auchinleck Talbot. We're six games in, or some of the teams are six games in, and Auchinleck Talbot find themselves in the relegation zone. Now, again, you can never count them out. It's the one rule of non-league football, do not right off the Talbot. I think it'd be safe to say they're not going to win the league this season. I also think it's safe to say they're not going to get relegated. I think they're in a wee bit of a false place, but the table, it doesn't lie. So the goal was scored by Nicky Little, who I think most people will agree is far too good to be playing at that level. The ball's given to him in a tight space. He's managed to roll the defender and get an early shot away, which was enough to win the game. The other two results I want to touch on, there were big wins for Darville, who beat Rob Roy 4-0. Largs also won at home to Arthurley, but the two games I really want to touch on are going after them to Pollock 5. 
And the reason for that, not just because it's an impressive big scoring away win, but we were asking questions of Pollock after last week when they lost 4-1 to Ben Burb. How would they react? They got a 6-0 win at home to Irvine Meadow through the week and they've followed that up with a 5-2 win over Gwen Afton and that's them now up the table to second. So it's a, a good week and Pollock really have bounced back. The other result, and I, I feel bad having said they would struggle at the start of the season because they're, they're proving me wrong every week and they are one of my favourites because they are one of my locals. But Benburb winning away to Hurlford is an opportunity miss for Hurlford as they would have went top of the table if they had won. But Benburb now played six, three wins, three defeats. If they keep that kind of form up throughout the season, they'll be absolutely fine. The big winners were Beef and they didn't even kick a ball in the league. They were in cup action. They have played four, won four. Other teams in the division have played six. I think Darvo have only played five. Cumnock have played five, so they can get a little bit closer to Beath. But Beath, with two games in hand over most of the league, are still top. So nobody thought Beath would win it last season. They did. Nobody thought they could do it again. Early form suggests that they actually might, so that's impressive. We'll go back up to the North in the North Junior Premiership. Nicky, what are you saying to it? So I think maybe we just record this and um, play it every week at this rate, but Coulter again <laughs> with a with a big um, 8-0 victory um, in their game. Jack Henderson got a hat-trick and um, Cameron Fraser got um, a brace. He's on six league goals already for for only playing three, um, three games and I think I, when I looked up, I think he was on 15 if you include the Grill Cup, the Grill Cup games. So I think... Um, Free scoring is is probably an, an understatement for them. Um, near our our bottom of the league, but have only played two games, and some of the teams are on on four. So, um, I saw them in a friendly against Newham County at the start of the season, and I, I think they'll be they'll be fine and they'll be near the bottom. But I think they'll they'll hang on and, and stay up. Dice are um, also keep winning, and they're probably the team that are going to push Coulter the, the furthest. They won 3-0 against um, Stonywood Park Vale. Stonywood were um, down to 10 men for quite quite a wee while and it took two late goals for, for Dice to win the game. So that's um, a reasonably good, um, well, if you can say a 3-0 defeat's a good result, but um, they can be proud of keeping going and keeping Dice out because that's the sort of game that can, can get away get away from you and can be a bit of a cricket score if if you let dice dice get going. Um the other game it's a two all draw maybe doesn't sound as many goals now as the an eight nil but Stonehaven versus um Sunny Banks. Sunny Banks scored in about I think about the eightieth minute to to equalise and what looked like a from the highlights a fairly e- even game of it. They're both teams that are undefeated in the season so far so they're both doing well. Sunnybank probably deserves a bit more of a mention because they've just come up from the division below. So I think they've played four games, so three three wins and a draw, which for any newly promoted side um, is is pretty a pretty good result. But I think um, Coulter will be the the main talking point of that league most of the season. I think and how many goals they can score. We'll move down the coast a wee bit to the Midlands. Now the Midlands League, there was one result that stood out to me probably above any other in Scotland, and that was Dundee St. James 4, Brotty Athletic 3. Now, I've been to Dundee St. James. They're really friendly. I like them, but 
I hope it's not too disrespectful to say that this was just never, ever on the cards. Brody Athletic would have won this 99 times out of 100. This is the one thing they didn't. Now, Indecent James are sitting mid-table at the moment. If the season finishes like that, they'll be absolutely, absolutely delighted. They would expect to be somewhere near the bottom with the young squad. But to beat Brody Athletic and end their 100% record, and you see the teams that Brody have already defeated this season, for Dundee St. James to win that game is unbelievable. So it's a massive well done to them. Elsewhere, downfield beating Carnoustie, it's becoming pretty clear that Carnoustie probably won't retain their title. Downfield are now second, one point behind Lockheed United at the top. Probably didn't expect it to be as much as 5-1. I think Carnoustie put in a good showing against Beath last week. Obviously defeated, but they, they did themselves no, no harm. But Liam McCartney scored a hat-trick. Calhoun and Connor, is it Coupe or Coop? I don't know. You need to tell me, but he got the other one. A big win there. The last result I want to touch on in the Midlands League, Schoon Thistle nil, Lockheed Harp 3. We've mentioned on a few episodes that Schoon Thistle are much improved to how they were last season. They're capable of taking points off of good teams. You've already seen they've taken points off East Craigie already, Schoon Thistle. So they would have been favourites. And for Lockie Harp to go and win that, especially 3-0, that's a huge result for Lockie Harp. And they, Lockie Harp are one of these teams that will do well one week and then they'll get a bit of a do in the next week. So it's, it's great to see them wear a big three points away from home. I'll go on to Tier 7 and we'll start in the East. We'll go back to Craig. Two games again in the First Division. What's the doubt to you, Craig? Two games and uh, a couple of interesting results. Uh, Preston Athletic played Newton Grange Star. Uh, Newton Grange Star won one nil. Um, a much needed win for them just to get them back on the right track. Uh, Chris Robertson, a you know, goal machine. I've mentioned him before, and Ryan's mentioned him as well. Um, he done what he does best, and he scored uh, after only seven minutes. And that would turn out to be the winning goal um, at the penny pit. Unfortunately, though, it wasn't all celebrations. Uh, Chris Robertson suffered quite a serious injury. He's got an ankle break, and that's going to put him out for uh, a considerable amount of time. So um, I wish him all the best with the recovery there. It's you know horrible to see that, especially with a player that you know so influential and um, you know great to watch. So hopefully. Um, he um, recovers um, in, in good time. Also, we had, um, I think we're billing that to be the Welfare Derby. So we had the Whitehill Welfare uh, against Lockhore Welfare. Uh, Whitehill Welfare won the game 2-0. Uh, Brian Wilson uh, scored from the spot and then Lewis Walker scored on 90 minutes to secure the win for, for Whitehill. Um, so that is quite an important win for Whitehill. Uh, that moves them up to third in the league uh, and they've got three wins from their opening five games, which given the how competitive that league is, um, that is you know quite impressive. Um, a sore one for Lockhart Welfare. As we said before, they are a good side and they've got a cracking goalkeeper. He doesn't concede many goals um, and... I'm sure he pulled off a few good stops in that game. So that was that was all, everything I need to cover in that division, Paul. In the West, the Scotland Division 1, we'll go back over to the West. There were wins, much-needed wins for Drumchapel and Johnston, who have been good but have both dropped points, and they were the two big favourites, the two hot favourites. Wins elsewhere for Thornleywood, and shots who were top were held away to kill winning. 
But the big winners are Rodergwyn, Glen Cairn, who beat Peters Hill 5-1. Now, Rodergwyn, with that victory, put themselves top of the league. I didn't expect Rodergwyn to be near the top, to be honest. I thought they'd be a, a higher up mid-table team, if you like. So they're the only team in that division still unbeaten after six games. They've won four, they've drawn two, and they not only did they leapfrog shots to go top, they also leapfrogged Peters Hill to go above them and beat them 5-1, which is an incredible result. Now, there is another league at Tier 7 in the Pyramid. We're going to go back up north, and it's the North Junior Championship. We'll bring Nicky back in. What's your thoughts? Um, so, yeah, some good results this um, this weekend. Let's start with Lossiemouth United won 7-1 against White Hills. Um, White Hills, again, making me look like I don't know what I'm talking about when I said they played well last, last week. Um, I'm sure none of the players was a completely different team, but Lossy United seem um they were a bit basement dwellers last season, but they seem to have really stepped up this season and um that's the second game in a row that they've scored seven goals at home. And um sandwiched in between that was a five all draw with New Elgin. So definitely if people are desperate to see goals, I think might be that Lossy United might be the, the team to come and see. And I, I think from a local point of view, they've done a lot of good stuff um off the field in the close season and, and use stuff. So it does I think they deserve all the all the success after being um in um absence for a few a few seasons. Um the other two games I think were the games at the top of the league thanks to D. Um their junior outfit they were playing Forest um Thistle. Forest led led twice away from home against Banks, but the junior outfit Banks seem seem like they've got some Good quality players in there and, and managed to stay strong and won that game three two, which um is means it's three and three for Banks who are who are joint top of the league, and um joint top of the league with Devon side who um beat the my local team Burkhead um quite comfortably with a three 0 victory um they're also undefeated at the top, um ten goals scored one conceded so. They're looking quite strong at that strong at that level. The last one was um talked about them on last week's pod was Hull Russell United. Um they managed to I think it was an eight one victory they managed over over Criden Bay. So um another high scoring high scoring game at that level. Um Cruden have struggled a bit this season, so looks like it might be a, a long season for them. I'll move on to the eighth tier of Scottish football. Now, in tier eight, there are only two leagues. It's the east and the west. We'll go back to the east again. So, Craig, another two games, only two games because everyone else is playing in the cup. What's your thoughts on these two? Fairly uh, predictable outcomes in both games. Um, We had uh, an Edinburgh derby, um, Edinburgh College versus Edinburgh South. Uh, Edinburgh College won 4-2. Um, Edinburgh College are doing really well this season, uh, currently second in the table, and they're uh, unbeaten in their first four games, racking up 10 points. Um, Edinburgh South, on the other hand, um, have yet to win a game um, so far this season. So, yeah, Edinburgh College are, are riding high at the top, uh, near the top at the end of the table there. Um, also, the only other game was uh, Kennedy Star Hearts versus East Houses Lily. Uh, Kennedy Star Hearts won 3-2. Um, they obviously they dropped into the uh, the second division. They got relegated from the first. 
last season. So I still, you know, expect them to be quite a strong side. Um, and uh, yeah, just just edging it there against uh, East Houses Lily by by the you know the score suggests it was quite an entertaining game, and they gave them a game. Um, I've yet to see East Houses Lily yet, and I think you've seen them, uh, Ryan. So I'll need to check them out. But it sounds like the uh, they give teams a game. We'll go on to the West of Scotland third, uh, second division. I don't know why we go to the third without going to the second. There were two results in the West of Scotland second division that stood out to me. Fourth Wanderers ending our Jossens 100% record. That is a result that we didn't see coming, even though it was a home game for fourth. Fourth are currently mid-table. They have seven points after that win. Our Jossen were five from five, so it keeps the league a bit more competitive. That was a good result for Vale Clyde, despite obviously them not even playing in that game. They did beat Wishoff 3-0 elsewhere. The result I really want to touch on it's St Anthony's 5, Caledonian Locomotives 1. Now, St Anthony's, I'm definitely biased towards them in the whole pyramid. They are my local team, the team that are closest to me. They're a team, I don't think they'll mind me saying this, they don't have much, they don't have the finance of other teams in the league, they don't have the facility of other teams in the league, but somehow they continue to do well. Last season was a surprise. They shut everybody up. Everyone predicted this season that they'll struggle. They're shutting everyone up again. A 5-1 win over their Glasgow rivals. And that puts them up to ninth place in the table. They've only played four, so they have a couple of games behind. And they've won three with one loss. So St Anthony's, they could actually end up challenging for the title, which seems mad to say. And it's massive, massive credit to the club. Into the third division. And Reese would be proud of this one. Speaking about Bells Hill Athletic. They're only three games on because same, same thing in the East a lot of cup games but Bells Hill and Les Mahego drew 5 all. now that's not a bad result for Les Mahego Bells Hill are were and still are top of the league nothing's changed there it's ended their 100% record but Les Mahego this season we've, we've mentioned this every week they have had a 7-6 a 5-4 a 6-1 and now a 5 all. and we're only 5 games in it's crazy the amount of goals they seem to be great going forward and not great at the back but that's what fans want to see. They want to see goals. So, Les Mahego is the place to be at the moment. Now, into Division 4. Big score, bit of a shock. Gifnick 10, Royal Albert 0. I expect the Gifnick to win that game, to be honest, but it looks like Royal Albert are in a bit of a, a sorry state. They've just been relegated into Division 4, which is the bottom tier, if anyone doesn't know. And they're struggling again. It's not nice to see. They're only second bottom two, Solcoats. One point from six games and they've conceded 35. But Giffnick to score 10, massive well done there. The other result to touch on is St. Peter's 1, Thorn Athletic 1. Thorn Athletic, we expected them to be somewhere near the top of the league. If they don't win it, they'll certainly have a say in who does. They ended St. Peter's 100% record. Glenvale weren't in action. They played last Monday and drew 3-0 with Knightswood. So it was a chance for St. Peter's to put a bit of a a gap between them and Glenvale. They did get a point. It's not the worst result in the world. I don't think St. Peter's will be too too angry with it, but it keeps that division tight. It's a it's a good day for Glenvale, despite them not being in action. So we move on to the pie chart, section three of the podcast. Now, currently, Newton Grange start are top of the table with their stake and haggis effort. It's only me and Ryan that have pies to put in. Ryan, did you try one at Arneson? I can't remember it standing out. Like, been brilliant, but I did see 
um, on Saturday, they have introduced a, a new range of pies at Aniston, including the Donner Kebab Pie. So the next time I'm up there, I'll need to try that. But yeah, the last time I got a, a pie there was just the standard steak pie. Can't remember it being awful or bad, but I can't remember it blowing me away. So I'll give it a I'll give it a six. I was spoiled this week, to be honest. So I went to two games, as you know, because I said at the start, and it's kind of well documented that the Perthshire clubs have some of the best pies in Scottish football. Now, I knew, know Newburgh's Fife, but it's, it's West Fife. It's close enough to Perth. I feel like that's the closest city. And I was absolutely spoiled. So Lunkerty, their pies are well-renowned as one of the best in Scottish football. Mine was superb. I'm only going to mark it down slightly because it was a wee bit burnt and because this is an actual pie chart, I need to take that seriously. It didn't really bother me. But I'm going to give it an 8.5 and that was a steak pie. But the winners, and we've got a new leader, I'm giving Newborough a 9. This was unbelievable. Again, steak, I'll always go for steak if it's there. But the amount of people on Twitter, because that was a game that a lot of neutral people went to, the amount of people on Twitter that are commenting and praising the pies there, it's, I'm sure you guys have all seen it as well. You can't really escape the amount of people who have been talking about it. So Newborough at the moment are the team to beat and they will go right at the top. We'll move on to the previews for next week. I'm going to ask that we pick one game per region. So I know we're going to have to leave a lot of big games out here, but that just makes the headline game even better. I'll start in the Highland League. Nicky, which game do you want to choose and why? Um, I think um, the Highland League gets the Highland League Cup this this weekend. So I think I'm going to pick for Martin versus Brecon. We've already talked about for Martin. Um, a good side that um, can cause problems there at home to Brecon, although it won't, won't obviously matter for the, the league. It's going to be a tough test for, for Brecon and it'll be interesting to see who can get to the next round in that, that one. Cool. Lola League. Craig, which one are you going to choose? There's a few crackers, but I'm going to go for East Kilbride versus Cowden Beef. Um, I think that's going to be a really interesting game. Um, obviously, East Kilbride, we've talked about them, how good and how strong they are. Cowden Beef as well. Cowden Beef unbeaten uh, so far this season in the league. Um, so that'll be interesting. And also, well, not another game recommendation, but as um, Cowden Beef are playing Broomhill on Wednesday, so if they get a result there and then they take that into the East Kilbride game, it could be really interesting. So yeah, that would be my pick. Okay, East of Scotland. Now we've got a lot of East expertise in this podcast because we've got Craig and Ryan, so I don't mind if you pick one each, but Ryan, we'll go to you first. Which game are you going to pick? You know what, I'll, I'm going to pick a midweek one and I'll let Craig then pick a, a weekend one if that's all right. Okay. But looking at the looking at the midweek card on Tuesday night, so it'll be shortly after this actually comes out, uh, I'm going to stick with Tynecastle again, actually. I'm bigging them up quite a lot, but they're at home to Musselburgh at Megatland on Tuesday evening. I think that could be a cracking game. Um, obviously, as I touched on earlier, Tynecastle are... Doing really well this season so far. They've got a lot of goals in them. As I said, Russell Cairns, uh, Max Scott, on loan for Spartans, banging the goals in. Uh, Musselburgh, one of the teams tipped to, to be up there challenging for the league, scoring goals as well. Scored five at the weekend. So that is one, if I was available, which unfortunately I'm not, I've got training, but I would certainly be going along to that. I think that could be a cracker. Craig, what about you? 
Well, I'm going to drop down to the East of Scotland third division. Um, and it's a game that I'm actually going to. It's between Livingston United and Linton Hotspur. So they actually played each other um, at the weekend in the Challenge Cup at Linton. And uh, Livy United won 5-3. Um, and I heard it was a, a proper back and forth. So knowing my luck, it'll be a 0-0 draw on Saturday. But um, if it's half as good as as the game at the weekend, it'll be it'll be unbelievable. So, and yeah, and obviously I've said before, Linton Hotspur. I've been, you know, I've been trying to get to see them, so finally get to check them out. So yeah, that's my my pick from the east, the west of Scotland. There is one game I didn't even I seen this game and I didn't even look at all the others because they just did not matter. And the reason is most we are all if for use of a better term, we're all ground toppers to some extent. A lot of people that listen to this podcast are, and Whitlitz Victoria are playing their last game at Dam Park before they move. So if you haven't seen football there already, it's now or never. They're at home to St Rocks. It's your only chance. The rugby club are buying the ground. We don't know if or when there will ever be football played there again. So it is literally your last chance to go and see Dam Park at Whitlitz. So hopefully they get a big turnout for that. I, I expect they will. I think Reese is going to go. I know he's not on the show. He said he was going to go. So that's at least you know one ground topper that's that's into it. Hopefully they get a big turnout for that one. South of Scotland. I said earlier that three time we're playing Newton Stewart. I lied. It's still beat his star. The league favourites against one of only two teams to win all their games. All eyes will be on that one. And just sticking with me, I'll go with into the Midlands. Brote Athletic against Downfield. We mentioned that Brody have just lost their 100% record. They were moved down to third. That's how tight the league is. They've lost one game and won all the rest, and they're still only third in the league. They're playing downfield to our second and only one point of top spot, as are Brody Athletic, the level one points. So this really is a six-point and a draw. Wouldn't be bad for either side, but it would be a great result for Lockheed United. So that's one that all eyes will be on. North Juniors, Nicky, what do you think? There's some cup action this week, but I'm going to go with the championship. Um, big them up, and it's the game I'm going to go to. Uh, Lossy United versus Devon side. Um, said what needs to be said about how they're doing well in the league this season, and hopefully see some goals, um, which probably means that you can, if you can <laughs> find nil nil um, on McBookie, I would maybe shove a few quid on that. And we'll stick with you, Nicky. North Caledonian League. There's two. Um, Big ties in the Football Times Cup, but I think I'm going to go with Invergordon versus Loch Ness. Um, Invergordon um, champions two two years ago in the league and Loch Ness champions last season. I think it's probably a competitive competitive game between the two and it'll be, as I said um, earlier, I haven't really seen the what Loch Ness can do, so that'll be a, a good test to see exactly where they are compared to the other the other big teams in that in that division. Now, before we go, we have to pick our team of the week. And I really hope you guys read the podcast notes because I haven't made this easy for you. I'm taking you right out of your comfort zone. So the rule is this week, you cannot pick a team that you covered or a re- from a region that you covered in the podcast. So Craig and Ryan, you can't pick a team from the Lowland or the East. I can't pick a team from the West, the South or the Midlands. And Nicky can't pick a team from any of the Northern part of the pyramid. So Craig, we'll go to you first. Who are you going to choose? A tough one, but I'm going to go with Clyde Bank. I think that's 
a great result at Talbot. They seem to be having a good season, and it's great to see Clyde Bank, uh, you know, back to the, their best. They seem to be on a a good run, and hopefully one day we'll see them in the leagues again. So, yeah, I'll go with Clyde Bank. Nicky, we'll go to you next. Who are you going to choose? So I am um, had Clyde Bank down as as mine, <laughs> as you said. I've read the the stipulation maybe about five minutes ago, so. Um, picking it, but I would probably, if it's not Clyde Bank, I'd probably go with Gifnick. Um, then winning 10 0 at Royal Albert. Just a, a lot, lot of goals. I know Royal Albert are struggling, but um, Gifnick, I think, are quite new to that, that division. So, no, that, you're right. If, I, if a team score 10 and don't make the team of the week nominees, that's that's just an error on our part. So, yeah, that's a good yeah. choice. I would love to go with Dundee St. James, hint, hint, Ryan. But I can't, so I'm going to go to the North Caledonian and I'm going to go with Bonner Bridge beating Inverness Athletic 5-2. Nicky, you already covered that quite well. 37 points between the teams last season. Bonner Bridge only won one game, which was against Nairn County's reserves last year. So to, not only to win so early in the season, but to win 5-2 away from home against a good established team at that level, that deserves a lot of credit. So I'm going to pick Bonner Bridge. So, Ryan? Cool. So it was a toss up between two. I'm going to go to the Highland League, and admittedly, my knowledge of the Highland League is not the best. So I wanted to have a look at the two a wee bit more just to see what one was more a shock. But I'm going to go for Lossy Mouth getting a draw against Broader purely due to the fact that I think Lossy Mouth, that was their first point, I think Nicky might have mentioned as well. Yeah. Um, and Brora are up at the, the other end of the table. So I think on paper, it probably would have been an expected comfortable win for Brora. But Lossy Mouth have got off the mark and got their first point there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go for them. We'll put that out to the listeners as usual. They will have twenty-four hours from when this podcast comes out to decide. Guys, thanks very much for being on as usual. If the listeners can give it a share, that would be much appreciated. The listening figures have been very good. We'd like to keep that up if we can. So Thank you to everyone who listens and thank you to you three for coming on today. See you later. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys.